sometimes the lights of our spirit, certainly emotional spirit, are quite low. And it's always wonderful to come to the Center for Spiritual Living and hear our spiritual director remind us that all is well and that truly there is something wonderful, a gift that is trying to emerge from whatever life situation we might be experiencing. Will you welcome our inspirer, the person who brings light to life, our very own Dr. Patrick Cameron. I will. Thank you, Reverend Kathy. Good morning. Welcome. Jenny, here we are again. We need to keep meeting like this. Anyway, isn't she wonderful? And that song that Anna did with her compadres. Oh, holy cow. I'm ready to go home now. Anyway, not really. It's just such a sweet experience to be able to come together and, 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 and share not just the ideas, but the vibration, uh, the most high, that energetic that we, we share. So as you know, uh, most of you, unless you're here for the first time, we stand and say a, uh, sing a song, which is really a prayer, and then, uh, and then join together in a, a prayer that I will uh, allow to, to flow. So if you would like to stand, please feel free. If you'd like to stay seated, uh, please do so. If people next to you are still sleeping, just try not to disturb them. All right, here we go. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very invite you to know with me in this moment, speaking in the first person for each person here, one life, one power, one infinite divine activity in and through and as all of life. I claim that vibration, that, that essence as my own. And in that claiming, each time I choose it, it chooses me. I know that I am shifted and changed and born again. So it is in new beginnings this day that I, we come together in celebration of the perennial truth that has been with us for ages, spoken down through the ages by all the amazing avatars that have touched our lives through their recorded wisdom. And so I'm grateful that we stand for this and more, giving birth individually and collectively to that which is seeking expression, a more complete form of spirit on this planet. So I give thanks this day to be part of this community, to be part of this movement, and to stand with you This is my place I stand. And each and every one of us has been given a lever to move the world. And that is our consciousness. And for this, I give thanks for this opportunity. All the blessings, all the resources, all the love, all the wisdom and the clarity and the perception, the shift in perception. 
that we offer one another. It is powerful, wonderful, and beautiful. For this I give thanks, knowing it is already done in the mind of the one. Together we say, and so it is. Please be seated. Beautiful. Thank you, Jenny. We'll see you in a bit. So we have been uh, talking a bit about new beginnings uh, the last few months, about uh, um, the last few months, the last few weeks, because we're starting a new year and we're setting a new intention. We've, we've shortened up our vision and mission statements a bit to be a little more concise, a vibrant spiritual community and to teach and live from love. And all of those things are subjective because everybody's idea of living and everybody's idea of love is different. And a vibrant spiritual community, it depends on what vibrant means to you. But what it does is it, it, it calls our attention to a, perhaps a bigger idea and it lifts us up and a vision should do that. And then we can, we can flesh it out through our own views as it filters down through our own our consciousness. Dr. Ernest Holmes was our founder. He was the one that many, many years ago uh, decided that uh, he was going to start writing about this and teaching and he was influenced by a number of people that uh, we still study to this day. But he was our founder. We just did the vote, as Reverend Catherine McLeod said, to re- that our individual uh, community would become part of the, the new, uh, newly formed reintegration of the two, two branches of our movement, the United Centers for Spiritual Living, the International Centers for Spiritual Living. And we are now one, and so we needed to make the adjustments in our bylaws. So this is a good thing, because Dr. Holmes said when it happened 50 years ago that uh, this is one of the great disappointments of his life, but eventually we will come back together because it, is, it makes sense and it's inevitable. He had this to say <clears throat> about our movement. Our mind should swing from inspiration to action, from contemplation to accomplishment, from prayer to performance. No greater mistake could be made than to think that we must separate life from what it does. And one of the pitfalls of what, what we do, well, how our movement and how we approach spirituality is, most show up with a problem when we come in the door. Most people show up, and, and I'll remind people many times, but typically they're in so much pain that it doesn't have a place to land, that you know, well, that's why we do spiritual practice, not for when times are great, but so that we have a, a grounding in who we are and whose we are, so that we don't completely uh, implode. But typically what it takes is enough discomfort to bring us in the doors. Uh, some, and sometimes people show up out of inspiration. Reverend Connie Phelps did a co-creation with us yesterday, and she said she's met a few people in her life that have actually shown up out of inspiration. I'm still waiting, but I'm sure it's possible. If it's happened for you, I'm sure it can happen for me. If they are, they're not calling me to let me know. But... Holmes said this, Dr. Holmes said this in the Beverly Hills lecture, and I think it's, it's uh, also very important. Our movement will depend not on talk such as I am giving you now. Our evolution, what it will mean to the world, will not depend on the books that we write. It will depend on what we do with it. It will depend on some, someone knowing enough about it to cause something to happen because of what they know. So what he's talking about is this, this amazing teaching. And so to have, and, and so the, the, the first quotation I read from you is from Dr. Arthur Chang, who is the uh, senior minister at the Founders Church. He inherited the church from Dr. Bill, Bill Hornaday, and Hornaday was, was uh, Ernest Holmes' successor. 
But he, he coined a phrase called process science of mind. And I think that it's very easy to come in and we're in so much pain and so much suffering to, to, that once we start to apply these principles in our lives, once we start to connect with a different idea and a different essence of being, it's easy to just say, wow, this is great. <clears throat> and, that, and I think that, is the common, that can be a, a common experience. Dr. Chang says this, process science of mind finds incomplete and inclusive such statements as God is all there is. Is this true? But as he says, it's incomplete or it's already done. Not that these statements, and he continues, not that these statements aren't necessarily false, just incomplete from the perspective of process and the application of leadership for our lives. These statements are, in fact, components of process. Such statements seen as ends in themselves can lead to inertia. And that's what I'm talking about. We can stop there. I'm feeling better. Whew. Been rowed hard and put away wet too many times, and now I'm feeling good about myself, and I'm going to stop right there. A lack of participation, inappropriate response, and to one becoming a dreamy mystic gazing at the face of God. Although that may be good, it certainly would not be process science of mind, as Holmes says. And this, he quotes Dr. Holmes again. He says, no greater mistake could be made than to think that we must separate life from what it does. Process science of mind is concerned with the full spectrum of the initiative experience and its application to everyday living for the purpose of creating the life we desire and the life we're called to create. And I think as you see the integration of our movements, one of the reasons I put my name forward to be part of the board is that I want to see a group of people that believe that one of the practices that we're using throughout our culture is this, this process we did yesterday with the practitioners called co-creation, which is that we're always in co-creation with, with and it's a, it's a process that takes about a day and a half. But what it does is it identifies what's working, what isn't working, and then coming together in consensus. So we work, to cons- we work first for clarity. Everyone's clear. Then we work to consensus that we're all in agreement, that whether or not we agree completely, we are in consensus about what the decision has been made as a group. And, and no one's forced into that. And we talk about that. Otherwise, it's compromise. It doesn't work. And then it's commitment. And I think of a group of people that, that stand on this planet for what we teach and, uh, around um, clarity, consensus, and commitment, how do we help support that in a world where some of that seems to be not happening? And I think that's part of the opportunity for us as a movement. And so I think part of it is, is to do enough of our own work so that we can show and get enough of our needs met and enough of the places in our, in our own beings that feel incomplete filled and, 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 and reinforced through consciousness and awareness that we can be more productive out in the world. I think it's the only reason for doing this. And yet when I came in the doors, I was just looking for some peace of mind. So I got into meditation. But I'll give you an example of it because it's easy when you see the movie The Secret. And I liked the movie The Secret. It was great and brought a lot of people in the door because it's basically what we teach. But it's in that second kingdom. The Secret is all about there's four kingdoms of creation. The first kingdom is victim. I'm a victim. And, 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 and if your consciousness is a victim you'll find people to help you play that scenario out. And the second stage is, is manipulation. We realize, hmm, I can do an affirmative prayer. I can set an intention and have an experience. And then the third kingdom, and that's a very, very... It's, and all these kingdoms are necessary. None of them are bad and wrong. It's just the, it's degrees of awareness. It's degrees of consciousness. The third kingdom is one of co-creation, where something can happen through us. And then the fourth, which is what Jesus talked about, as us. And, that, and, and all of those are available. We believe that they're all available for all of us. 
When I came here, um, 19, no, 19, 2002, and moved into the basement, and, you know, we didn't know Laura, my wife Laura and I, we didn't know how we would do this financially because the, the money that was being offered at the time in the, in the center was certainly as generous as they could possibly be, but there wasn't a whole lot of money here. But they made the offer, and so I moved into the basement because then I didn't have to rent a place in town, and Laura stayed back in California to to keep working. And she quit her job very early. She was teaching school because we thought it would happen really quick. We'd set the intention to sell the house, and the house didn't sell. So then we were making this very large house payment, which was actually more than I was being paid monthly to be here. And she had quit her job. So we still don't know how we did it. To this day, we begged, borrowed, and stole, and finally I went to the board and said, look, I might have to go back and go back to work. And, and, but we moved on faith because when we came here, we just knew this was the right choice for us. So we were in. We were in 100%. We were fully immersed in it. We made the decision. We're going to pursue this. But we still don't understand all the details of it. When I got here, someone said to us, um, but I, I kept doing the prayer work, that there's enough, and we're going to get this, we're going to get through and, and all this, and Laura, God bless her, she held the, the, the fort together and, and, it, and it stretched us. And then when I came, the, one of the problems we were having immediately was at the basement where the kids are. And if you haven't seen it, where's Sam? Is Sam up here? If you've seen, Sam and Kevin went down and redecorated our cosmic kids. They painted it and they put decals up and they did it's a beautiful job. So thank you too. I, we we pl- applauded you at the first service when you were here. Thank you too. But that room, that room used to flood. The sewer was back up. And so I heard that, and I thought, hey, I don't like that. You know, even though we can dry the carpet out, and we say, hey, this is not good. And so I'm, you know, I've, been, I've, I've pounded a few nails in my day, as you know. And so I realized that uh, I did my prayer work. You know, Barker always used to say, Raymond Charles Barker said, there's not something to do first or something to know. So I said, okay, what's the know for me here? And I realized that, well, there's not money. So I went out and I rented a jackhammer and I found a guy that, was, uh, that I talked into helping me. And we jackhammered the thing out and we replaced it. We brought in a plumber to do it properly and, and we got it done. And so we, what we've done over the last nine years is we've done that systematically. And of course you want to do your prayer work. But the reason I use it as an illustration is that what it required was somebody going down there and, with a jackhammer. Or as my old boss used to say, a strong back and a weak mind and jackhammer it out. And so we got it done. And everything you see here is, uh, in terms of presentation, is a reflection of, of um, awareness and insight. And some of it is borrowed from other communities. And some of it is so the platform that I stand on, we did that one day. And or we did it over a period of time. And we moved all the pews. We, bought, we had a fundraiser. We were raising money for chairs. I remember Jim O'Neill. Every week he'd come in and buy another chair. $70 a chair. I think Jim is in the 30 chair uh, club, aren't you? We'll get a t-shirt made up for you someday. 30 chair club. But every week Jim would come in and buy another chair. And so we bought all these beautiful chairs that we sit on. Because this is our spiritual home. But all of it... And so the sum total of what you see, the labyrinth and the floor and the platform. When we put the scrims up for the, the lights, we used to paint all the time. And, well, not we. I used to paint all the time. <laughs> and I finally said, there's got to be an easier way. And so I said, what if we just hang some scrims up and we shine lights on them and then we can have whatever color we want. As a matter of fact, I know that if I snap my fingers right now, I can change the color of these scrims. Abracadabra. 
As the teacher Jesus said, it is done unto you as you believe. These things I have done, and you shall do an even greater. And, and, and when I put them up, we didn't have the money for the lights, so I had one of our members come to me and say, what the hell are those things doing? They look like bed sheets hanging there. What is wrong with you? <clears throat> and so I thanked them, because that's my job. <clears throat> it really is. I got to tell you. Kids say the darndest things, as Art Linkletter used to say. But, but what I wanted to say uh, in my role, I can't say. But I did say, look, just give me a minute. We're gonna, give me some time. We're going to put some, some lights in, and, and then it'll make more sense. But... Um, so that was one of my good days when she said that, because if I'd been a little tireder, I would have said what I shouldn't say, and then I'd probably be down with a jackhammer somewhere right now doing the old job. But anyway, um, but the point is, with all of this, you know, over the last few weeks, I've said, pick three things you want to get done this year. Three things that you want, that are, that are important to you. What, what are they? And it gets us thinking, because it's so easy for our minds to just go off in a million directions. It's just so easy for us to... Uh, Arthur Chang writes about it beautifully in, uh, in his uh, article, and I want to talk about it because he talks about uh, Patanjali. Here it is. He, and Patanjali was a yoga master, and, and it's really important that I think our levels of thinking. He said yoga, Patanjali said that yoga consists of the, in, the intentional stopping of the spontaneous mind stuff. The, the intentional stopping of the spontaneous mind stuff. In other words, paying attention to what you're paying attention to and being able to catch oneself and say, you know what, that's enough of that. We first need to stop the activity of an existing operating pattern in mind and then to establish a new one. But we don't stop there in process leadership, Arthur Chang continues. We swing the pendulum of process and burst into action in the world to achieve our goals and to fulfill our intentions. So what I'm talking about is I'm using what's in my environment to say all of these things were ideas that took form. And we use the resources available. So ours is not a teaching like one guy in the secret said, you know, I just started imagining checks showing up in my life and checks started showing up in my life. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> you know, I went home right after the movie and I started doing it. And I'm really good with affirmative prayer. And I started treating for checks to show up in my life. And I'm still waiting for checks to show up in my life, okay? And so obviously at some level, I, I, you know, I didn't get to the point of whatever. But I mean, I believe there's, a, there's, a, there's laws of reciprocity. There's, there's supply and demand. And when you're providing something that adds value, and I'd love to know what it was, because the checks I'm sure did show up for him. I don't think he was lying. But he was providing some value in some form, and, he was being recipro- and there was a reciprocity going on. But this is the world that we live in. And I don't want, for me, I think it's important to have the experience and to feel connected but it's also about taking the action that we're, we're propelled into. And the way we do this, the three things, and the way we do it, and what is, and what is so important as I thought about this and thought about this all week, is that it starts with the little stuff. It starts with little stuff. The little stuff makes all the difference. You change one little thing. Reverend Connie talked about it yesterday in the uh, co-creation. You change one thing, everything changes. And it just takes one little thing. If you decide that you're going to have better fitness in 2012... To get up every morning or every other morning or every third morning and put on your running shoes or your walking shoes or the shoes that you get on your elliptical with or whatever you do is huge. That decision is huge. It will change everything for you. Do not put the shoes on. changes everything for you. But we have to take the action. 
Dr. Holmes said it many times. He says, we don't say let go and let God as if God is going to bake the cookies. This is a quote from Holmes. We have to bake the cookies. This is the process. But we set the intention. See, the infinite's currency is ideas. So we have to bake the cookies. We have to jackhammer out the sewer. We build the platform. We do the, the pro. I came here, so when I came here nine years ago, we had a mortgage on the facility. I thought, I want to pay the, and, and here's how it works for me. I want to pay the building off. And the nine-year-old in me, when I get that, set that intention, because I, I believe in this teaching, I believe we can do anything we, we want. Well, the nine-year-old in me says, I want to do it tomorrow. Whew, we'll get that done, and then we'll do something else. Well, nine years later, we pay off the building. And so what do we do? Because I think that's swell, but there's more for us to do, because that's just the way my mind works. We go ahead and we double our debt, and we buy the building across the street. So the nine-year-old in me now says, let's pay that off. And of course, the nine-year-old says, I want to do it tomorrow. But, but the fascinating and wonderful thing is, is whatever we decide to do, and it's not just my vision, but it, that, that, is a, that, that is a wonderful idea, in my opinion, of, of stretching us. See, what happens with all of this is we need a bigger idea about who we are. This is growing a bigger idea of who we are and what's possible. And whether or not, it doesn't, that building happens to be there and that is a point of focus. But whether we own that building or don't own the building is not the point. Because we can turn around and sell it tomorrow. But it's an opportunity for us to take, we take a stand in this community and we believe in the resources and we look seven generations ahead and say, what's possible in this moment? Let's, 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 let's give everything we have of value to our community and to one another and let's look forward and let's have the faith in ourselves to know we're going to supply that. We're going to supply that. I was on the phone yesterday for the election. They said, what do you bring? And I said, I bring to this opportunity the consciousness of success. It doesn't mean I don't make mistakes and I don't get tired and I don't get angry at times and I don't get frustrated. But see, my anger and my frustration, I look out in the world and I see ignorance and it bothers me. And so that's an energy. Um, Laura and I were just reading the other day, one of, a great teacher, and I can't remember who it was, but she, she said that it's not, about, it's not about frustration, it's about directing the frustration. And so it is that energy that moves us forward. And so all of it is an opportunity, and it allows us to grow a bigger version of ourselves. So when we look out in the world, what are we being called? What am I being asked to do? What's mine to do right now? And it's, it's those little choices. I'm watching Anna. Where did Anna go? She disappeared. She's here somewhere. She's probably in the back autographing CDs. Oh, there she is. She's up in the balcony. Hey, Anna. But, you know, when Anna started studying voice... Because I've studied, I, I studied voice for years. I know you, you find that amazing, but I did. And, uh, and uh, but you broke it down into vowels. You learned the vowels. Great singers understand you sing a vowel because you can't sing a consonant. Well, some can if you're a country western singer. But, but you break it down and you work on that. You work on that proficiency. And there's, and there's a, a range of vowels that cover all the words. And so, and I know there's people here that understand vocal training better than I do, but you start small. You start, with those, you start with the pieces and you build it. And this is how we can do it in our lives. The three things that are important to, you, to us. You know, when the, the, the angel of God's presence, and angels in, in Scripture are always bigger ideas. But when the angel showed up and said to Abraham and Sarah that you're going to have a baby, 
You're going to give birth to someone that's going to change the world. You're going to give birth to this, this visionary. And Sarah was beyond the age of giving birth to children. And Abraham just kind of laughs at him. Well, I don't think so. When, when Mary, the mother of Jesus, was told that she was going to give birth to the Messiah, what do these stories mean? They're metaphors. All of us have the opportunity to give birth to a bigger idea. And what I know about this is that there's nothing more joyful, there's nothing more fulfilling than being used by spirit for a bigger purpose in our lives than I can imagine. There's a delight in that. There's a delight in that. And that delight is so fascinating for me, I want to keep pursuing it. Well, why do we have this community and why do we do this? Well, we want to empower people. We want to remind people. We need the reminders. In the Jewish tradition, it's, remember is talked about all the time. Remember, remember, remember who you are. And it is through the pathway. Laura and I watched a, a movie yesterday called uh, The Spirit Molecule. And it's fascinating. There's a molecule that we all contain. It's called DMT, and it's got a scientific name. And basically, they, they, they track it, but all of us have it within us. We're all hardwired for this. And what it is, it's that, it's that passageway into, as Jesus said, there are many mansions in the Father's house. It's a pathway to that doorway. And we all have it within us. It's in all kinds of plants. And they, they brought it from the Amazon, and they did a study with it. And it's interesting because it, it aligns beautifully with what we teach, that as we choose it, it chooses us. And as we move closer and closer into our intimate relationship with spirit, we move through that doorway. And there have been times, I told Laura, there have been times in dreams when I've had that experience. Um, and, and so see the movie and, and all that, but it's fascinating to watch because it's part of who we are. Why would we be hardwired that way? Why would we be hardwired for that longing of that experience of spirit? I think that's what a lot of addictive behavior comes out of, is, that, is longing for that to, to soar. But it's fascinating, the research we have. And part of what happened, they said, with, with this whole research is people like Timothy Leary came along, and it became part of the, the subculture that became banned and, and bad and wrong. Whereas if it had been nurtured and cared for in a way that was intelligent and, and purposeful, <clears throat> who knows what that would allow. But the consciousness wasn't there. So, but it's a spirit molecule fascinating so it's this this bigger experience being used for god by god for a bigger purpose our lives become so much bigger than we thought it happened for abraham it happened for mary it happens all the time what are we being called to do are we just here to have the experience to have that 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 experience that dmt will create for you is it taking that and understanding and, and empowering one another to make a difference in the world because i'll tell you what if 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 my efforts from this point forward could help provide the necessary uh, things that I think would, would make a difference in so many lives, provide education, opportunity for people that would change the planet, I'd stop doing what I was doing tomorrow and go do that. Because I think we have this information. We have this information. But, it's, but we forget. We go out in the world and we forget. So yesterday when they asked me, what, do I, what is my vision? I said, I want to be part of Process Science of Mind. I want to see us take our movement out in the world for people to believe in clarity, consensus, and commitment. I want to see everyone have that opportunity, not just people in this movement. I talked about it a number of months ago, how the Fairness Act was, was repealed in the United States by Ronald Reagan in 1986 to help his pals out. 
It got them elected. And the Fairness Act provided everybody had a voice and everybody could be heard, and it's been eliminated in the United States. There's 14,000 radio stations now owned by five companies. I think our movement can say, let's have our own radio station. Let's resource and have our own radio station and television station. We provide ideas and testimonials about what consciousness is capable of doing. That's a huge idea. But I think if someone doesn't carry the banner for that and say, you know what, we got work to do. And people need to have a different perspective. We need to keep this alive. And it's all good. It's not making anybody wrong, but it's just saying, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I don't agree with it. A world that works for everyone. But if we don't have a voice, if we're not present on the planet, then what good are we? So when I, you know, when I talk about building this building across, I just think we're capable of whatever we decide to do. Have a world-class facility that we're off the grid, that, that's capturing the sun, and it's capturing the, it's insulated so well we don't spend thousands of dollars each month in, these cold, in this cold weather. That we're an asset to the community, where we can have space for people to gather and, 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 and do their work and, and the revelation. All that and more. A space that works for everybody. Everybody prospering. Everybody prospering. I love that. And what does prosperous look like? Julia Cameron sent me a book this week. She actually wrote the book I've been working on. So I want to thank her for getting it done for me. She says, because we have 366 days of richer living out there. Her book is called The Prosperous Heart. It was actually sent to me by the publisher. And, of course, they sent it to me because we have a bookstore and they know I might buy something and sell her book. But I completely agree with this. Prosperity is a spiritual matter. It is the amount of faith we have, not cash, that determines our feelings of abundance. Following are a few simple tools that will cultivate feelings of prosperity in you. And so I'm going to share one of those practices with you as a takeaway this week. Because it's powerful. It's powerful. You are the thing. It's, you and I are the thing itself. And there's something that wants to happen through us that we can't even imagine. But how do we get there? How do we get there? Well, we start little. We start little. Just starting a little. It's the simple practices. It's putting the tennis shoes on. It's picking up the pen and writing. It's counting. Her first practice is, she calls it morning pages. Morning pages. And it's, we're a mystical teaching. We're practical mystics. There's something that wants to be given birth. And if we're not clear enough to catch it, it just passes us by. I mean, how did Mary hear that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah? How did Abraham hear the voice of the angel? It's a higher thought. So we want to get going. We want to get moving. And we want to develop the, we want to develop the awareness. Carolyn Mace's our movement needs more of God and it needs more prayer. That's what the world needs. And I want I can't think of a finer group of people doing the prayer praying than us. Because I think we have a wonderful form of prayer. No begging and pleading about it. But prosperity and abundance is that state of mind. It's that knowing. I love James Cavanaugh. Me, I throw away sufficient to the day. I have enough. You know, I know wherever I go and I know wherever you go, whatever needs to be done, we're going to step up and we're going to do it. And it's the consciousness we do it from. And it's the awareness we do it from. And that's our blessing to the world. There's so many people out there running around saying everything's falling apart and the sky is falling. It doesn't represent my position. It never will. If the world ends tomorrow, I will, and I know it, I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing because it's, the, it's the, the highest form of expression I can possibly do and to empower one another and to look seven generations out. Uh, I just think it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And you're part of that. Being here and listening and being in the conversation, it shifts and changes us. It's, it's small, but it's, it's powerful. 
What piece of this will you take up today? And will you move forward? In Arthur Chang's beautiful article, he quotes Stephen Covey. Covey said this, and Covey wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen Covey said, The inherent capacity to choose. The inherent capacity to choose. When I ask you what three things, you're choosing. Maybe you don't know the three things, and that's okay. Pick something. Start somewhere. It's, it's, an, it's a living choice. You can change it. The inherent capacity to choose, to develop a new vision for ourselves, to rescript our lives, to begin a new habit, or to let go of an old one. To forgive someone, to apologize, to make a promise and then keep it in any area of life is, is, always has been, and always will be a moment of truth for every true leader. In process science of mind, not one of Covey's examples of choices to be made is on God, but on you and us. In other words, all of the things Covey's talking about are our relationships with one another. And so... Those, those three things that are precious to us. What's important? What do we love? Because the infant is just saying yes. And is, it, and is it big enough? Is it a big enough idea? Every wisdom conveyor I know uh, of uh, presenting this information says if, it, if you can handle it on your own, it's not a big enough idea. If you've got it handled by yourself and it eliminates the need for, for spirit in your life and the presence of God in your life, it's not big enough. Think bigger. Think bigger. And to dream. To dream. To develop a new vision for ourselves. To rescript our lives. To begin a new habit or to let go of an old one. To forgive someone. To apologize. To make a promise and then keep it. That builds trust. Builds trust for us. It, my teacher said it to me one time. She, she said, I said, how do I build trust? Because I was struggling with that. And she said, start showing up on time. Because I was usually five minutes late. Oh, wow. No, no, I want to build trust. I don't want to show up on time. No, just start showing up on time. You want to be fitter? Start putting, get up and put your tennis shoes on one day a week. Or whatever it is, whatever that means for you. Those things. Those little things. So the, the practice that I want to invite you to take away with you this week, and I'm going to do it too, because there's, there's forms of it I do, but I'm going to commit to this specific practice this week. Julia Cameron calls it morning pages. And I'll tell you a story. I'm in line on the way out. A guy comes up to me and says, that practice you shared with me changed my life. He stood there and he said, I was diagnosed, this was an hour ago, I was diagnosed with a, a neuromuscular condition and they told me I'd be in a wheelchair in a few months. He said, that was 10 years ago. But he said, I took the action. And, and he stood there and told me his story. He says, I just want to tell you how powerful it is to those small actions. He said, I got moving. I made a decision not to buy into the story they were telling me. But, and so we talked about this morning pages because he said it was one of the practices he used. Morning pages are the primary tool for creative recovery. They are also a primary tool for establishing prosperity. Three daily pages of long handwriting, strictly stream of consciousness. They provoke, they clarify, they comfort, they conjole, they prioritize and synchronize the day at hand. This daily writing coupled with counting, and counting I'll share with you next week, will bring you to emotional and financial clarity. We carry so much with us, we have so much going on in our heads, 
many times we don't we, we get lost. That's what Holmes talked about. Uh, Pantanjali talking about yoga. We're stopping the chatter. Start stopping, stopping, stopping. See the intellect. We can get trapped in the intellect. One of my favorite books, the Tao of Pooh. Uh, Pooh and uh, Piglet go to see the owl, right? <clears throat> and the, the owl says, because the owl knows everything. The owl represents wisdom, the, the, the intellect. You can't help respecting anybody who can spell Tuesday. Even if he doesn't spell it right, but spelling isn't everything. There are days when spelling thir- uh, Tuesday simply doesn't count. By the way, Pooh, how do you spell Tuesday? Spell what, said Pooh? Tuesday, you know, Monday, Tuesday. Oh, my dear Pooh, said the owl. Everybody knows that you spell it with a two, T-W-O. Is it, asked Pooh? Of course, said Owl. After all, it's the second day of the week. Oh, is that the way it works, asked Pooh. All right, Owl, I said. Then what comes after Tuesday? Third day, said Owl. Al, you're just confusing things, I said. This is the day after Tuesday, and it's not thirds, I mean Thursday. Then what is it? asked Al. It's today, said Piglet. And Pooh said, my favorite day. My favorite day, today. This is the moment. This is the time we have. And this is the, and whatever you decide and whatever you dwell on, whatever you're paying attention to, pay attention to what you're paying attention to. See what happens if you sit down, get up first thing in the morning and write three pages long, stream of consciousness. But five people told me on the way out the door how clarifying and how cleansing it is and how, how refocusing it is for them. So it's not a new practice, but it's a wonderful practice. And then see what ideas emerge. What's there for me to know here? It's a wonderful question. What's there for me to know here? And then, after that, what's there for me to do in relationship for what there is for me to know? Because there's a bigger idea and there's a bigger thing that wants to happen for all of us, through us. And that's spirit. That is the impulsion of spirit. And that is the highest form of life on this planet I know. So thank you for being part of that. I look forward to seeing everybody bring their three pages with them next week, okay? And so it is. Here you go.